Welcome to the Peak Performance Greatness Show. I'm Christopher Dedian, founder and CEO of Dedian Enterprises, Inc. We are committed to optimize people's performance with tools such as peak performance speaking, coaching, and consulting programs for a worldwide international community. We believe that the only difference between where you are and where you want to be is acquiring the knowledge you need and consistently utilizing that knowledge to become a peak performing individual in every area of your life. Stick around until the end of the show where we will reveal how you can become the next guest on the fastest growing inspirational educational podcast on the planet in 20 to 30 minutes. Let's go. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Peak Performance Greatness Show. I am your host, Christopher Dedian, and today I have Rob Delph. He's the CEO of Meta Data Systems, which just rebranded their name, and we'll talk about it why in a few seconds. But before diving into that, Rob, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Chris. Thanks for having me on. I am so glad to have you on. I know that this conversation is going to be great just from the half a second that we spoke even before pressing the record <laughs> button. So before diving into all this fun stuff that we're going to dive into and talk about, please tell us a bit more about who you are. What do you do? I give a brief description. So tell us more about yourself. Yeah, no problem. So uh, Meta, and I might as well cover that straight off the bat. So you can see my Meta mug here. This is really one of a kind. Um, so there was a, there's a large social network out there that you probably have heard of who has decided uh, they're going to rebrand themselves to Meta. So as a you know, small software company, uh, you have a couple options there. Uh, we rebranded today. It's in the press. Um, we've changed our name to Fabric. Um, you can find us at Fabric Data. So I guess this mug has to go in the trash. I'll order another one. I'll get a Fabric mug. It'll be fine. Um, so and, and maybe just from there, I'll, I'll run into a little bit about what we do. So Fabric is a, a software as a service application that handles television and film uh, master data. So film and television metadata um, for to power uh, things like streaming services. So think of it as a master repository for all of the cast and crew and synopsis information and genres and rights that go out to power the catalog guides that you would browse through on say a Netflix or a Paramount Plus, those kind of platforms. Um, so we really operate as a um, you know, software as a service data aggregator uh, for entertainment studios. Very cool. And we're going to dive into all of that because I want to know a bit more about like that process. How do you go about structuring that with Netflix, with the Hulus of the sport and so on and so forth. But first question, as our audience is very entrepreneurial based and not a lot of these entrepreneurs will have this moment happen within their life because not a lot of big companies rebrand themselves to a level of changing their name and a, like a behemoth company such as Facebook rebranding themselves. My first question is, did they contact you? Did they buy your right out or they're just like the big boys and they took it or how did that aspect happen? So it's a little combination of both of those things. Um, and, and certainly from my perspective, uh, this is my third startup, my third entrepreneurial endeavor. Uh, this has never happened to me before. I think it's probably, uh, it's probably one of those once in a lifetime things. Um, in terms of what happened is, is we did have some outreach from a law firm looking to acquire our domain name. Uh, and that was before the announcement. Um, and we were, we were, you know, we were obviously like, well, actually we're using them. So that's not going to be you know, possible. 
Um, and then after the announcement came through, um, we we are sort of, we, we did end up selling off one of our domain names. We may sell others in the future. Um, you know, and, and, and really what it is, it's, you know, if you look at it from, you know, a leader, leadership perspective and you have a couple options in front of you and, and you've probably seen the news with other companies that have Meta in their name, you can, you can take the, you know, offensive position and say, you know, I, I'm going to sue you Facebook for this, right? Um, in my mind, it's not really practical. Uh, it's going to be a long road and, and really what's in a name in, in, in some respects uh, it's a little bit better to just uh, move on. Uh, and for us, we were able to make a little bit of lemonade out of it. Uh, we, we thought about our name, which was metadata systems. Um, and really, you know, that's because we were handling metadata. But if we, it, it enabled us to take a step back a little bit and think of, okay, what are we powering? What, what's the business problem we're handling? And really, it's this automation of, of workflows within the media entertainment ecosystem. Uh, and data really is the fabric that plays between all of these different systems uh, straight from, you know, like the asset capture. So production through to powering the things that the consumers actually get in the end state. Um, so fabric was really kind of the next evolution of, of the name for the company. And, and I think it's actually better suited. So um, and the feedback from our customers and prospects has been awesome, too. So I, I'm, I'm actually I'm happy with the way the whole thing worked out. Uh, it was a little bit of a, you know, that that's interesting, but I guess that's true in any kind of entrepreneurial endeavor. Entrepreneurial endeavor, you cannot anticipate what's going to come out, um, come out of the blue and come at you, and it's all about how you react and respond. And 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 I think this one's worked out well. So, Rob, I love that because, like you just said, in that one story, you see really the reality of what it is to be an entrepreneur from the ups to the down to things that you never thought would happen. And you did mention you took some lemons and you made it from lemonade, right? From just as simple as selling some of the domains, which I'm sure was an interesting amount or whatever the case is, but then seeing that this is an opportunity to rebrand yourself in a way that's more suited to your services is very interesting as well that you guys had that opportunity. And one last thing I wanted to highlight, the fact that you had that ideology like, hey, we could go an offensive and attack, or we could just see what's the logical thing to do here and move forward with it and find solutions instead of being defensive in this situation, which is going to just be lawyers, costs, and at the same time, you are going with somebody that has very deep pockets, lawyers, and beyond that's not necessarily something you want to go towards. Right. And, you know, I, I think something I've learned in my experience is it's, it's all about moving forward, right? Mm -hmm. And, and I think that in these cases where there's either conflict or you've made a bad decision or you find yourself in a sticky spot, um, you know, the choice between kind of like dwelling on it and rehashing it versus moving forward and just, okay, great. You know, this happened, we can get through it. We're going to do the next thing wow. that moves the business forward. And, and really, you know, I think that's the, the mindset that's helped me be successful in the past, um, you know, and through something like this is really just like, okay, yeah, it happened. There's nothing I can do about it. It's not, this is not like something that's in my control. Like, and so now like, what do you do? Right. Um, and, and like, like I said, for us um, and, and the founder of, of Meta, who's, who's the chief product officer uh, and I, uh, Robin Tucker, you know, kind of got together and, and thought about the future direction of the company and where it's evolved to. And uh, we ended up in a good spot. And then, and then it's like, no looking back, let's go for it. Uh, and, and I think that's the, it just feels good.
I mean, what you just highlighted really is the way to approach entrepreneurship, in my personal opinion, not only entrepreneurship, but life in general. Like, life yeah, yeah, for sure. It happens for you, right? There's a reason that this is happening, even though it's painful, even though it's uncomfortable, there's growth out of this that's going to come. Now, Rob, as we kind of talked about this, let's go in a bit more in depth of the company. And I still have Meta in my mind. Well, tell me what the name of the company is again. Fabric. Fabric. Okay. So the new company rebranded Fabric. So you guys, what I understood that you explained is that you do the liaison of information between the people that are working at Netflix or whatever, when it comes to essentially, and sorry for my layman explanation here, but essentially like a Google drive system for that particular industry. Is that correct? Um, yes, sort of. Think okay. about other industries. Like if you look at the publishing industry, they've got a really good master data source of what a book is. Mm -hmm. So the publishing industry, everyone registers an ISBN number, which is identifies a book specifically and all the publishers use it. And it's really canonical and clear and everyone gets it. Uh, the film and television industry really doesn't have that same standard, right? So the producers out there um, and the way content is made is you might have contract producers. So a production company creates um, episodic television for the distributor and they give them some information about it, whether that's, um, you know, below deck, love at first sight, whatever it might be, right? And then the data about that. So who the director was, who the cast that's in it, the storyline of the episode, all of that stuff is never stored in one central place. Mm -hmm. So that creates problems when now, especially as the media market has moved to a direct consumer play, where now, Chris, what appears on your screen when you fire up Amazon Prime is a listing of all of these season series episodes and films that you want to watch. Um, really what the companies need is they need a centralized place that captures all of the images and the synopsis and storylines all in a nice categorized way and what Meta does, it, it provides a web-based application that aggregates all this data from ex external sources like IMDb and Gracenote and puts it into a single spot that your enterprise can access it to stream it out to customers um, and connect it to the actual video files that are playing. So really it's an information repository for that ecosystem. Okay, very interesting. And is this the fact you just mentioned Prime? So when we watch Prime and you press pause, instantly when you press pause, it shows you the actors that are in that scene with that name. Is that something that's correlated with this link that you're talking about with uh, your system software uh, company? Right. So um, that x-ray functionality, I think that's what Amazon calls it, um, where you can hit pause and you actually see kind of like who's on the screen and all that. That is the metadata that we, we hold. So um, it can go down to a frame by frame. Um, so in this frame, these actors are in there. And so we're aggregating all that data into our tool set that then is subscribed to by entertainment organizations. Okay, very cool. Now, my next question in regards to the entertainment world, the TV world, and so on. Now, I feel like obviously you're in it, but I don't know how much you're in it with this aspect of everything else coming out digital, of it's completely changing from the YouTube world, from the social media, and so on and so forth. Is there a market with that as well, or you're just towards helping these big companies with the, the traditional media in itself? Is that something that can be done in the future or how, how's that aspect working out for you? Yeah. I mean, so certainly the short form world, which, which is, you know, YouTube, it's all the smaller clips and, and pieces of content that you're finding out there and sort of consumable applications. 
So our system handles the, the metadata for any type of long or short form asset. So whether it's right down to um, a, a YouTube, um, you know, a, a YouTube clip, or if it's a short form service like a 2B or something like that, um, that is being brought into the studios. You're also seeing a migration of the short form, more social ne social network type content being brought into larger studio umbrellas because that's where a lot of the growth is. Nice. So Rob, obviously, I mean, just by looking at your resume, what I just studied before coming on to the, uh, this podcast, you definitely are successful. You definitely jumped from one business to another, grew it and so on and so forth. So you've had obviously employees under you, you've built a business and my question to you is, what are some of the top three things that you've learned as an entrepreneur that are things that are very interesting and very important for our audience to know once they're going into entrepreneurship, once they're developing their company, or even if they're bringing their company to IPO and beyond? Uh, that's a broad question. It is. Um, and, and I think it's probably you know, uniquely personal to, to everyone who answers that. I, I think that you know, in my in my world, I find um, a tremendous amount of satisfaction in you know, leadership from the sort of service-based leadership. So um, you know, what that means in practice is as an entrepreneur, I'm, I'm really willing to do any single one of the jobs that require getting you know, the work done at the organization um, and, and lending a hand to figure out how to make everyone more successful and more productive, and then also guiding kind of career paths and career journeys um, with, with enough growth in the organization um, to foster that you know, sense of culture that I believe makes um, the companies the strongest. You know, just, just knowing that we're gonna have everything and the kitchen sink thrown at young startup companies. Um, there's gonna be curveballs. there's gonna be pivots, there's gonna be all of that. So what are you really left with? Um, it's not your product so much, right? It's, it's the team and the culture and change and have enough confidence in your teammates that everyone's got each, each other's backs uh, and you're all driving towards a common goal. Um, I, I, I really think that that's, that's number one on, on my, lessons, my lessons learned throughout time. Um, you know, because of, and this is a timely podcast in that sense, because like you, you don't know what's coming down the road. But you do know the people that you surround yourself with, um, you know, who, you know, so long as they are talented, uh, you know, talented and encouraged to grow, uh, you can really accomplish almost anything. I love that. I love that. And thank you for that. Like you did mention, I left it very wide. I wanted to see where you're going to bring it with this. And you highlighted a couple of points that are very important. So first and foremost is understanding that you have to have somewhat of a leadership from more supporting your, your employees, uh, helping them because that's what is going to drive the business. So then from that leadership role is how do we utilize everybody's talents and uh, their skill set to really forward the mission and vision of the organization. So I love that you mentioned that. And if we go into that section of leadership, what are some of the things that you use as tricks of leadership to really get your subordinates, get your employees, get your colleagues to play at their best level? Is there certain things that you do? Is it through coaching? Is it through support? How do you go with that as being a CEO? Oh, I mean, that's, that's a tricky question too. Cause like, 
you know, I, I think I think the the secret sauce in there, and if we could just like make some sort of beverage, some tea concoction that made everyone their best, it would be easiest. Um, but but why it's so tricky is because there's um, every exactly every um, every individual is motivated by different things, right? And so you know, really, what it is, it's about taking the time to understand motivation and what drives people people that you're working with and giving them the opportunity to, to really, you know, succeed and, and bloom in the, in the direction that they're, you know, they're motivated on. And that's not, that's an inexact science, right? That's like, it's not like, Oh yes, you can create a, a career plan that says on week three, this is going to happen. But like, it's, that's, that's not going to fly. You know what I mean? Especially, you know, we're in kind of a weird time, right? People are, people are working remotely. There's, it's hard, it's hard to build a culture when everyone's talking to each other on Zoom. Um, so how do you get to know someone? And I think that's, a, a, that's a little bit of the alchemy in, in how you create a culture that, that has a really strong core. And I wouldn't say that I've, I've cracked that nut because, uh, but, I, but I do work on it a lot. Um, and, and more than anything else, it's about taking the time to understand underlying motivations, um, and matching motivations with the, what the business needs to get done. Um, and then cool, cool stuff can happen. Rob, I love that as really the main point here is clarity. You have to understand who's the person in front of you. Like you said, what makes them go, what excites them, what is their motivation? And then from there, as an entrepreneur, I truly believe that you have to have a certain sense of uh, human understanding, human behavior, so you could utilize it for the greater good of the mission and vision, which is exactly what you're saying. And it is very difficult nowadays, or not difficult, but you have to do it a bit differently to create that standard of what is the mission of vision or the value of the organization through Zoom, right? It, it, it's, it's a different yeah. format. And I think you're far from being the only person I'm dealing with it as well. How do we go about cracking that code and really making it that we still have that culture, even though everybody's in their home office and miles and miles apart? Now, Rob, as we kind of went into this entrepreneurial question side of things, my show is called the Peak Performance Greatness Show. And the reason why I named it like that is because I truly believe everybody has greatness and everybody has high levels of peak performance. And obviously you're a successful individual. So my question is to you, what are some of the methodologies, rituals, habits that you use on a daily basis to be the most peak performing possible? Um. So for me, and it's taken, it's taken some time to figure this out, but, um, you know, I certainly, one of the thing, one of the steps there is becoming aware of when, when I'm most efficient and when I'm not. Mm-hmm. Um, so something that's, that's kind of critical for me and like, you know, I, I kind of as a function of a lot of my team is in London, the majority of the teams in London, I wake up early. Um, and I exercise and then I get a really, a really great period of productivity. And then I try not to push it in the cases where if I'm just not feeling, you know, like totally, um, as productive as I need to be, like, don't work on that one thing because it will take you an hour when it should take you five minutes. Um, and actually, and this, and like the hardest thing, this is like a discipline thing for me because, if I have a list of tasks to get done, my mindset is like, okay, great. I'm going to finish those by the end of the day. And, and really what I've learned, and, and this is the discipline part is um, 
maybe push some of those things off to tomorrow and you'll be more productive in getting mm-hmm. them done and they won't be such big deals. Um, and I think COVID has done uh, kind of an amazing thing, at least for me, uh, in terms of blocking out time for myself to take either, you know, get some exercise in, go for a walk, meditate on something, don't do anything work-related and you'll be more productive later. So like the overall productivity will come up even though you're not sitting there on a Zoom for seven straight hours. Like that is not productive for anyone. Um, And I think it kind of flows into that, you know, culture and, and understanding other people because what we've done through this past year, year and a half, sorry, two years now, <laughs> is we've sort of conflated uh, life and work, right? It's like the number of Zooms that I'm on where, you know, I have, I have a six-year-old that he runs in and is like, ah, dad, you know what I mean? Like we've sort of like put work and life together. And so now that we're working in that world, like, again, it kind of goes back to like, what can we learn from it? Okay. The first thing is, is like business is, is not the most important thing in your life, Right. This is a discipline thing for me because I'm, you know, I've, I've been there in the past. I, I try not to let myself go all the way, you know, straight into that um, and how to figure out balance. Uh, because when, when things are balanced and your brain can have those time, those periods of time to relax. Um, and however that happens, like for me, it is, it is exercise, it's meditation. Um, it allows me to be more performant in other ways, like no question. So I have a long-winded way of saying like, we all have to juggle a lot of stuff and we're all on it all the times. And, you know, <laughs> I've been working since five, so still kind of in my pajamas, but that's how this works. You know, it's like, and, and just, and just being okay with it. Rob, I love that. There's a lot of things to highlight here and I'm going to do my best to really point out certain things. So first and foremost, like you said, you wake up early because your team's from London, but before doing anything, you work out, you take care of your mind and meditation and so on. Uh, But furthermore, within that regards, you're really understanding that you have to have a certain time frame of when you're doing something and understanding the biochemistry of your body and understand, hey, if I'm peak performing from X amount of time to X amount of time, that's when I should do my con of the task. If I know after my lunch, there's a huge peak because my insulin level is going up because I just ate and so on, maybe I shouldn't work on the task that I need to finish like crazy and go grind through it because the quality is not going to be there. Maybe I should leave it for tomorrow morning, right? So right. understanding that is so important. Furthermore, there was actually a study done in, in um, I forgot what the uh, university was. And essentially the study shows that any additional work after 55 hours per week is not at all productive or efficient. So this ideology totally that has been sold to us the last several years of like that grind mindset, that hustle mindset, work and like, don't fall asleep, you'll sleep when you die is not true with human beings. So no. That's what you're saying here, which is so, so, so important, especially for like A-type players such as yourself and such as our listeners. So, Rob. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I, I sort of have a, I wouldn't say it's a hard and fast rule, but like I don't review contracts or anything complicated kind of from two o'clock onward in any day because I just know that like I've, at that point, I've probably put in eight hours and it's just like. I don't know. I, I'm either going to miss something or it's going to take me four times as long as it should. Right. It's just like not there. And so you're better off doing anything else and rejuvenating and coming back. That's just the, the reality of the world. 
hundred percent. And I hundred percent understand what you're saying. That's why for me, all my podcast interviews that I get interviewed on, or I interview is always in the evening. Cause the morning is where I have my creative time, uh, either my coaching session or preparing a speech that I'm going to give or so on and so forth. So I hundred percent love that. And it's important to understand what task you should put at what area within the day. Now I have a couple of last questions because I want to be respectful for your time here. Now it's great. This is one of my favorite ones that I, I ask uh, quite often on the podcast it's great to talk about the successes and this, that, and the other, and it's amazing and we should, but I feel like not a lot of people talk about their failures. Now, what am I talking about when it comes to failures and why? It's because once we talk about this, there's a lot that we can learn from other people's places that they need to optimize. And not only that, if we talk about certain things that are maybe a bit more difficult within your business right now that you need to optimize. I love to see and hear what is your thought process towards, hey, I have this difficulty right now. What am I doing to uh, go and fix it? Because entrepreneurship, more than anything, just like you explained, we're putting out fires. So more than anything, there's situations that are coming down and you have to have that thought pattern of like, this is the problem. How can I solve it? So my question to you, Rob, is what are certain things within your business right now that you know that can be optimized, that you're having certain difficulties with, and what can you do to improve upon that? Yeah, I mean, certainly I think, you know, and and this is where you have to temper it a little bit. Um, what can be op- optimized in my business right now? Everything. You know what I mean? Like, absolutely. Like, we can always be better, right? There, there's no question. I think that the strategy that I, I've really embraced around this, because yes, as an entrepreneur, um, you know, as you know, someone who's gone through the growth stages of a couple of companies at this point, um, there's a lot of stuff that comes at you. And the natural reaction is to jump in and immediately fix it. And sometimes that's not the right answer. You know, sometimes the right answer is actually, wait a second and uh, figure out what the big problems are versus the small little problems, because you can be distracted into fighting a lot of little fires and miss the forest fire, right? And so I, I think that it's like, you know, in, in the cases where um, there's been failures or misses, I think that they're the result of focusing on smaller problems and not looking at sort of the holistic um march of the organization to fulfill the, the end goal. In other words, like, are we still fulfilling, you know, kind of the, the business plan and the business promise? And can we just let some of these smaller things die out on their own? Um, and, and, and that's, I'd say that's a hard challenge for me sometimes where it's like, as opposed to immediately jumping in on everything, um, you know, letting go and having some, having some trust that, you know, uh, you know, keep your eye on it, but it'll, it'll likely, it'll likely pass. I love that. Cause that's a very seasoned way to approach it. Because like I said, as entrepreneurs, we're problem solvers. So the second we see a problem, we're going to jump on it, especially if it's our baby, it's our, it's our business. But a lot of times, like you said, you have to look at it and be like, Hey, where is my energy and resources best to put right now? So let's right. monitor this little fire, but potentially this fire is going to run out by itself because there's not going to be any oxygen or whatever. And it's far from any other tree. So they won't fall. We're doing a lot of analogy with the fire here, but you guys are getting <clears throat> yeah, what yeah. we're talking about here. So I love that, Rob. Thank you for sharing that. And my last That's question, sure. Rob, uh, is where can my community contact you, get in touch with you, speak to you and so on? 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the best way is is through LinkedIn. So that's uh, it's R Delf, R D E L F on LinkedIn, or our brand new website just launched today, which is fabricdata.com. So, you know, it's timely this podcast, Chris. I love it. I love it. So everything you mentioned will be in the show notes below, guys, so you guys can go pick it up. So Rob, first and foremost, thank you very much for being on the podcast, for sharing your knowledge. It was, like you said, so timely and interesting that we spoke about rebranding the meta side of things because Facebook took it very interesting. And I'm sure the audience is going to love that. So I hope you have a great one day. One day I'll sell this mug on eBay. (laughs) One of a kind, this one. One of a kind, your metadata solutions mug that you're showing for the listeners. So obviously now it's rebranded. So Rob, thank you very much for being on the show and just dropping your knowledge. All right. Thanks a lot, Chris. Thanks for having me. Christopher Dedian here. Thank you so much for listening to the Peak Performance Fitness Show. If you're a successful entrepreneur or intrapreneur who would like to be on this program, please visit our website at peakperformancegreatness.com. If you got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot of your phone, text it to a friend, or post it on the socials. If you know somebody that could be a great guest, please tag them on social media to let them know about this program. And don't forget to include the hashtag Peak Performance Greatness. I love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. We regularly put out new episodes and content. To make sure that you don't miss any episode, go ahead and click that subscribe button. Your thumbs up, rating, and review go a long way to help us promote this show, and it would mean a lot to me as well as my team. You want to know more? Go ahead and visit our website at peakperformancegreatness.com or follow me on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, or my YouTube channel at Christopher Didier. Thank you for listening. We will see you next time. Have a blessed and grateful day.